Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the High Level Sports Podcast. Kelsey right here with DJ. And guess what, boys and girls? We are going bowling again. But before we get there, special shout out to our brand new partner, sponsoring this episode, Fubo TV. You know, join the cord cutting movement if you haven't already. Stop paying those high cable bills. Check out the link in our bio so that way you can get your free seven-day trial and watch all these bowl games we're about to be talking about. You can watch all these for free. Check the link in the bio, free trial, seven days, perfect time to do it, all during bowl season. Uh, DJ, I don't know about you, but honestly, COVID, NCAA football, I didn't think we'd get to this point. I'm excited. And then you hear about FUBA, I can watch all of these games too without having to pay for it. I mean, I want to spend any of my $600 stimulus check on it. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, look, hey, this hasn't been a great year for anything. The fact that we're actually made it to 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 a to a postseason in college football, I'm shocked. Um, Surprised this many bowl games are still going, and not more have been canceled too. Exactly, and on that, we've already missed a couple. We're we're what two days shy from when they started. They started on Tuesday, so we missed a couple games in here. Um, big one we want to talk about that we did miss because, well, honestly, I didn't think they would be playing this early in the year. <laughs> uh, that Boca Raton Bowl, UCF versus BYU, and Zach Wilson. That man made himself a million plus dollars, millions of dollars with the effort he put out today. He is already considered a first round quarterback. I don't know if he was quite considered with that Lawrence and Justin Fields combination, but I think the performance he put on today kind of put him in that conversation. We might be talking about him kind of like how we talked about Josh Allen when he came out in that top 10 type thing where somebody's going to trade up for him. If there's a, a team like the Texans, if they were in the top 10, they're gonna be like, they don't need a quarterback. They're set. Someone's gonna be like, we want that guy. Yeah. Someone's gonna someone's gonna give up a lot for him. It's probably gonna be worth it the way he's looking. And maybe the Jets having the second overall pick isn't so bad after all. If they choked away having Trevor Lawrence when Zach Wilson's sitting right there, maybe maybe it's not so bad after all. Absolutely. Yeah. What he did in the 49-23 beatdown at UCF, man. Former former national champion UCF, mind you. Oh, we're not getting started on this. <laughs> I don't want to hear any. We should have been national championship BS from them anymore. They just got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, they've been no. destroyed before, and they'll get destroyed again. No more UCF talk. Moving on to the games that matter. <laughs> yeah, to the games that matter. We're going to skip over the main slate of games. We're going to go right into the ones that have some impact. We're going to go straight to the fo- the, fo- the football playoff. We know that's what you're, you're all here for anyways. We're going to start at the cream of the crop and work our way backwards. Unlike most shows who make you sit here and wait for 40 minutes before you get to it. We're doing it off the jump. The so, real reason is you just don't want to wait. You want to get to this right away. So I would love to actually wait for this because I have a pick that will probably shock the world for the game winner. Um, Honestly, not so, not so much. But go ahead and get, we'll go and get Get, we'll well, anybody, we'll get to this. anybody anybody who listens to our podcast knows how much I hate this team, so uh, we'll see. Um, anyways, oh so Sugar Bowl number one. That's this is the first of the college football playoff games to be played. Number two, Clemson versus number three, Ohio State. A six and zero Ohio State team. All these complaints about them. Get whether they can get in or not. Whether they should be allowed. Whether they should even have played in a conference championship game. DJ, what's your take on that? And who wins? Well, we already knew the college football playoff was the Alabama-Clemson-Ohio State Invitational, barring their starting quarterback getting hurt and losing three games like last year. Alabama's guaranteed in. We already knew that. I mean, it took not even a miracle from heaven, but like the opposite of that, like a catastrophe from hell to keep them out last year. Yeah. 
Clemson's in every year, Ohio State's in every year. Then the fourth spot's usually Oklahoma or another big t- big team. So we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but one of those other Power Five minus a Pac-12 team. It's one. That's one of six teams makes it every time, basically. <laughs> so this isn't too much of a surprise, but I think Ohio State's really good. But I Justin Fields hasn't looked as great this year either. Like last year, they were talking about him is better than Trevor Lawrence coming in and like watch him become the number one pick. I haven't seen it personally. He's not terrible by any means. I'm not trying to completely trash him. But when I see him, I see Jalen Hurts, honestly, maybe a little bit better of a passing Jalen Hurts, a little bit cleaner, a little smoother, but similar, doesn't throw a lot of picks. He can stat pad with just, not stat pad, but stockpile the numbers just as well as anybody. He's a really good quarterback. I just, he doesn't seem like that dude where it's like, oh, him and Trevor Lawrence, 1A, 1B, RG3, Andrew Luck, Jameis, Marcus Mariota, like those guys that were competing going into a draft. He's just looked like a really, maybe it's because we we've only seen six games. So, I mean, shoot, that's almost an NFL preseason. So, that being said, to the game now. Ohio State has a really good defense. They probably have eight NFLers on that because they do every damn year somehow. There's probably a Bosa on there that I'm not thinking of as well, just to keep the trend going. Honestly, it wouldn't but surprise me at this point. I would be surprised that there's only one. but Or a Laurinaitis or a Hawk or something at this point. Anyway, but I see Clemson winning this game because, A, they also did win last year when I think that Ohio State team was a lot better. And I think this Clemson team is just as good, maybe maybe slightly worse, but not as significant of a drop-off. I think Trevor Lawrence showed against Notre Dame. He's that dude. He's probably would win the Heisman if he played every single game and didn't have that issue with COVID and just got to pad his numbers a little bit more, a few more games to add up. I'm going to stick with, I'm going to say the Tigers take it because I just don't think Ohio State's going to be able to keep up with him. If Trevor Lawrence gets rolling, he's one of those guys. He's like a snowball once he gets a few good completions early. Oh boy, here comes sunshine. Everybody look out. Like, He'll roll through him if they if he gets going early. And Ohio State can disrupt him, but I don't know if they'll be able to take advantage of it. Last year, they off to a great start, and Chase Young nearly ripped off Trevor Lawrence's head. Then two plays later, he scrambles for a 65-yard touchdown. That boy's but, sneaky quick. And an underrated thing, too, is how good Travis Etienne is, can be with him. Like, those two, they started doing a lot of read options together. And then now that everyone knows, you know Ohio State remembers Trevor Lawrence scooting all over him last year, so they're not going to just sit back. Then suddenly Travis Etienne's probably four three speed self is going to come bursting through. I'm going to give the slight edge to Clemson. I think it's a close ish matchup, but I think this final score Clemson will pull away a little bit later, thirty five twenty one something along those lines. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, the Ohio State getting in thing. I, you're exactly right. It's an Ohio State Invitational. Ohio State. There's an Ohio State member on the board of college football trustee, like the the selection committee. It's no the selection committee's a joke, honestly. Yeah, like, this is- like it's no surprise. It's literally the heads of the Big Ten, heads of the SEC, heads of the the Big Twelve are all in it, and it's just literally surprise, surprise that a, a team from the SEC and Big Ten happen to just sneak their way in the playoff each year. Oh no! But you know what? Honestly, I can't blame them. They beat the top two teams in the Big Twelve. Yeah, okay. You didn't you you oh yeah, sorry, Big Ten. Yeah, and you know, you didn't play six games. Your conference is like, well, we need the money, so you're gonna play in the championship game. Um, and they they showed up in the championship game. They beat Northwestern. So they are the deserved champion, you know, of their, their conference. So I can't take anything away from them. Uh but yeah, good luck beating Clemson. Um have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, six games, six uh, six games in a regular season, you're you're three games into your conference slate, and those first three games are usually Hip squeaks, <laughs> for lack of a better term. That's your 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 Rutgers, your your easily beatable teams in the Big Ten. That yeah, those are the teams that you just would normally face off with right there. And they're they're telling me in Game Seven of their what normal their normal season would be. That's like Michigan State, I think, for Ohio State usually something along those so, lines. So close to Penn State somewhere in there. A mid tier level game, nothing fancy, but y- y- yeah, you compare that to Clemson, and you have to go against a. a Clemson that Trevor Lawrence is is kind of riding a chip on his shoulder right now. You know, he missed out on their only loss. And since then, he's come back and, well, he beat the living crap out of Notre Dame. Uh, Travis Etienne's getting on all levels. They have a, another freshman receiver that's amazing. His hands are literally glue. Showed out in the Notre Dame game. Uh, Justin Ross is coming back, you know. They're getting healthy on all sides. And and honestly, this, this Ohio State team has so many question marks because we've only seen so six six games of them i don't think they're ready for this type of an attack right now 
Um, because things have changed for Clemson and things have changed for Ohio State since the last time they met a year ago. And, you know, I think with having a full slate of games, even, you know, maybe a couple, one or two, but still over eight games played for, for Clemson is going to be an advantage for him this season. And, yeah, I definitely think this is a win for him. Um, I'm not going to say it's as big as, as yours. I think this might be like a 35-28 type of win. Um, just a touchdown, but it's like a comfortable touchdown. Ohio State close, like scores with a minute and 10 seconds left and then fails to get the onside kick is kind of how I see it happening. Um, not unlike last year in, in the way that it ended, you know, close like that. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I see Clemson winning, but I do think Ohio State will look better than we all expect. But I, sure I don't so. think they're going to be able to stop anything. Yeah. <laughs> I sure kind of hope so. Otherwise, it's going to – if they get destroyed, it's going to be kind of an embarrassment to the committee for letting them in there. I mean, for their sake up- – I still think we should get rid of the committee. I miss they should use the BCS ranking system like they used to do to determine who gets in the playoffs and let them play from there. I mean, oh, this is a whole but, conversation we can have about the playoffs and and do you know at this point make it sixteen teams. Let's just do it. Let's do it, guys. This is I'll the perfect season. Should I'll settle for eight? Sixteen, I can see it getting messy, but I'll take it. I mean, FCS does it just fine. Let's why not? I mean, FCS does money it with thirty-two be, right there too. Yeah, I mean, a lot more money would be made. I mean, I'll settle for eight. Sixteen would be dope. You want to do thirty-two? I will probably have to take a few more days off from work here and there so I can watch all of those, but I'm not, I don't have anything else better to do. So it's like the Vince McMahon meme right there. It's just like eight. Oh, 16. Oh, and then, you know, 32, you fall out of my chair, but I'm not going to fall out of my chair on the show. So yeah, we don't need you to break the floor or anything like that. <laughs> but no, so moving on uh, the next game, number one, Bama versus the limping in Notre Dame, if you will, uh, coming down, coming off that beat down from Clemson and, and Brian Kelly already saying, you know, we won't play if, if we don't can't get fans. So the game got moved to Dallas, to Jerry's world. So Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, you just talked yourself into a home game with some of the most obnoxious fans in the world uh, coming into the stadium. Like, so what were you thinking, my guy? Um, so DJ, did this game in Dallas, the Rose Bowl in Dallas, this oh, so blasphemous, uh, Bama, George, or Bama Notre Dame, what do you, what do you see happening? I'm going to start by saying I can tell your hatred for Alabama because you call them Bama. You refuse to refer to them by their full name. So we'll just get that out of the way there too. <laughs> Second of all, God, what a prima donna. We won't play without fans. What a Nancy, especially when you are kind of lucky to get in, honestly. I mean, they could have very easily plucked you out. And most, and we'll go third of all when it comes to the game. Same book, different chapter. It doesn't really matter. It's Alabama's rolling right now. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, doesn't matter. Bama by 30. They got this pretty locked up. Devontae Smith alone will probably outscore Notre Dame. So give me Notre, give me Alabama by a lot. Notre Dame, their limping continues. And then the questions raised afterwards, why do we keep putting them in the playoff? They just, they aren't equipped to beat these type of teams. And on top of that, saying we won't play without fans getting moved. I can see Alabama, Nick Saban could turn anything into bulletin board material. He's somehow going to turn that into enraging Devontae Smith and Najee Harris. And Najee Harris will be like, oh, there's only 11 of you on the field? That's not enough to bring me down. And he's going to run rampant all over him. Devontae Smith's going to basically probably not win the Heisman. And then in this game, he's like, I'll show you why I should have won the Heisman. And Mac Jones will piss you off like he always does by being really efficient and really accurate and throw it to Devontae Smith a lot. So, yeah, Bama by 30. Maybe if they're lucky, it's only 30. Yeah, doesn't How matter. Is- how has nobody figured out how Mac Jones operates at quarterback? He literally predicates everything off the play action, and he's a two-step hitch and throw. He is the peak Tom Brady, peak timing quarterback of all timing quarterbacks, and he just helps, so happens to have four all-pro future caliber receivers playing with him. Like, Well, not Waddle. Jalen Waddle's not playing, but I'm including him in this count because he <laughs> played with him earlier in this season. Like, Oh, man, yeah, Mac Jones is... He's frustrating. People do, do consider him a Heisman. Shut up. He's not. But I'll give you this. He knows how to hit his all-pro receivers really well. He has absolutely no issues throwing the ball to Devontae Smith, which some NFL quarterbacks seem to not like to throw touchdowns to their number one receivers for some stupid reason. So at least he's got that going for him. Yeah. So, well, that sets up a Bama Clemson game for you. So, Oh, I guess, wow. Big shock. I haven't yeah, seen this who, before. <laughs> who saw see. that coming coming into the season? It's not oh, like we great. predicted this is that Cavs before. Warriors all over again. Great. <laughs> so for me, yeah, you already said it. Uh, my hatred for Bama far outweighs almost anything. Uh, but Brian Kelly, what are you doing, my guy? Do not give the 
biggest, the probably one of the best player coaches in the in the game. Any chance to give his his top tier team, his literally five star recruits who are the number one team in the nation, don't give him any extra any extra motivation. This is the worst idea you have ever had, Brian Kelly. Don't don't do it. He somehow Nick Saban somehow galvanizes his team even more than they already are. I don't know how they're already not galvan like. At some point, do you ever get tired of winning, Nick Saban? Is this is my question to you? Is it ever something that you just get sick of? Uh, it must not. It must just <laughs> having that one loss in between like five titles. He's like, God damn it, that still stings. I have to get five more to balance it out. I mean, since most of them come to, to have come to Auburn in his last decade, so I guess it makes sense. It's just the, it's like a burning hatred to him. So I guess that's why he keeps going. He's like, No, I must get twenty wins for every one Auburn loss, and then, well, he's doing a damn good job of that. But he continues the, the trend. Uh, spanking spanking Notre Dame and this hurts I grew up a Notre Dame fan but this is the Notre Dame of old this is not the Brady Quinn Jeff Samarja you know Harrison Harrison Smith in the back Tom Zimikowski crushing people this isn't that defense this is that offense um it's not even the Manti Teo ones that Nick Saban already crushed yeah you know you mentioned Najee Harris good luck finding somebody on that defense to stop him good luck finding Uh, 11 guys on that team that can stop him yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you might have one or two that can slow him down, but adding on the extra nine is not going to add anything to him. By and the way, I'm, there's five future NFL linemen that are going to be blocking for him too, so good luck yeah, getting to him. exactly. And the worst one of the bunch is a fourth-round draft pick. So good luck with that. And then on top of that, if you happen to slow him down, well, guess what? I already mentioned him. Four all-pro receivers – and yes, I'm still including the injured Jalen Waddle because even injured, he can waddle his ass down to the end zone without Notre Dame ever touching him. God, you've and been saving that one all day, haven't you? You've been waiting for that. It, you know, I I was gonna say the same about your book joke, but I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do it. I was gonna, I was gonna let you have your moment. Why couldn't you let me have mine at least? Because I at least changed mine a little bit. No, yeah, I've been saving that for for all year since he got hurt, really. Um, but no, it's you know, you honestly look at this defense; it is outmatched, outgunned. The speed, the cut, the abilities to, to run the routes, and the timing of Mac Jones and his receivers—it hurts me to say it, but it's fantastic. This this might be the best offensive team Nick Saban's had in his in his career because of all the weapons on the outside, and that's I mean that's saying something when you consider how many weapons he's had. But I think Najee Harris—I stand by my comment that I think he is the best running back to ever come out of this to ever come out of the University of Alabama, and I think these receivers might be the best core of receivers Alabama has ever had at the same time. And Mac Jones is reaping all of the benefits. And that's not even to say their defense, like their defense is first, Still and, an second, defense. first and second rounders over there. I mean, they're not pretty, it's not perfect by all means. There's some holes, but they're very, very minute. And the team to take, to take advantage of is not Notre Dame. Yeah. If so, you're going to beat these Alabama teams we've seen, you have to have an explosive offense and some playmakers. Like we saw with Pitts in Florida. We've seen it with the Manziel, Tom Fulleri, Burrow and the Tigers last year. Who on Notre Dame compares to any of those? Not a single soul. Not that I can find. Um, you know, they have a tight end that's pretty decent, but at the same time, look, you can, <laughs> good luck. Um, Is that so, yeah. Pitts or Kohler? Kohler? Yeah. Because if not, I'm not sure. Or Hawkinson or Kittle coming up to suit, for, <laughs> suit up for them? Good luck, guys. I don't even think George Kittle could help at this point in time. Not with um, his injury. But no, this is a... Uh, this is an easy Bama walk away. It's, you know, continues Notre Dame's terrible streak in the playoffs or in even the BCS Bulls for that matter. Um, going back to the BCS era, they just continue to fall apart in the big game and this one doesn't change anything and Bama walks away. I'm pretty sure Bama's backup will be in the game by the end of the game, by the fourth quarter. We should just have Bama's backups play Notre Dame and about Bama starters play Texas A&M. Just, you know, everyone wants to complain Texas A&M should have got in. Let Bama just take out both of them in the same day. That'd be terrifying on all levels. Why? Because, because of how easy they'd Alabama win. <laughs> yeah, they'd win both games, and it's like a split squad game in in preseason spring training. You're like, you shouldn't beat starters with backups, but here we are. You know what? They can send Najee Harris to go play Texas A&M and keep all the receivers against Notre Dame, and they'd still be fine. Hey, that's what's embarrassing. So this is easy Bama win for me. Setting up an uh, same as you, Bama Clemson. In Miami for the national championship game, part I've lost count at this point in time. I don't think my brain can calculate how many times these teams will continue to play. It's like the Freddie and Jason series; it just keeps going. We don't even title them. It's like Freddie and Jason again, Clemson, Bama again. 
they don't teach us to count this high in the state of Alabama when we were going through elementary school. God, there's so many jokes to go through here. But anyway, <laughs> so how do you how do you have this game playing out? Bama, Clemson. So like I said, I uh, might shock the world with my pick because of how much I hate this team. Uh, but I think Nick Saban's burning passion from last year's defeat and every other time he's lost in this lifetime and having to miss games this year from COVID, he's one of those coaches. I, I mentioned he's one of the best player coaches. He finds ways to galvanize his team and he pull, he manages to pull off a victory. I do think this is close. I think Trevor Lawrence just make, makes it close in this one. Um, but I do think Bama pulls it out. And I do think it's going to be like a 35-32 game. I don't think it's going to be a long, like, blown out game or high scoring. It, I mean, 35-32 for Bama, I guess, is a high scoring game. But when you consider their weapons on offense, I feel like five, six touchdowns from each team is not out of the realm of possibility. So okay. give me give me 35-32. Give me Bama win. And they can change that stupid number on the side of their helmet that they put on every graphic. So what you're saying is you have it being another goddamn classic. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited for it, even though I hate hate one of the teams. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to take Clemson. I'm going to think they go in there and all this talk we said about Alabama splitting their squad and beating two other teams. Neither of those other two teams were Clemson. Bama beats probably every other team in the country with their backups except Clemson because Dabo Sweeney has turned into Nick Saban of the 2010s, 2020 going in, assuming there is 2020s the way it's going. Yeah. But <laughs> if we don't we also by 2021. Pretty much, yeah. And Trevor Lawrence, everything you said about Nick Saban, I think it kind of applies similarly to him too. I mean, he has lost one college football game in his career, and that was to Burrow and the Tigers, LSU Tigers last year, in which he kind of underperformed a little bit down the stretch and they ran away with it. You know that's got to be bugging old sunshine a little bit in the back of his head. He has beat everybody else they put in front of him, except except that LSU team in the national championship game. And at the way we have this going, they get a chance to redeem themselves against not just any team, but the team that he burst onto the scene against, basically. I mean, yeah. his real coming out party was when he was, I think it was a freshman, against Alabama in the national championship game the year he took over for Kelly Bryan. Yep. Everyone walked in there and said, there's no way a 19-year-old is going to beat Alabama, Alabama by 50. And sure enough, what happens? He comes in there and puts on the performance of a lifetime. The supporting squad probably isn't quite as good as that one, but I don't know. I mean, it's pretty damn close either way. So still have Travis Etienne at the in, in that backfield. Yeah, you still got a squad of receivers too. I think they'll be just fine. I mean, just because they're not quite as household names as before, they're probably pretty damn close. But yeah. so I'm gonna say Clemson goes in and takes it. I think they Nick Saban's defenses in these big time games has not always been up to par. Even when they beat Clemson in previous years, that's high scoring affairs. Their their defense is very bend don't break and takes turnovers. It's not a shutdown defense against these elite teams. The way college football is kind of built and the way these quarterbacks play, you're not stopping anybody. Yeah. So give me Clemson close. Let's go 41 to 38. I think Trevor Lawrence gives him to a big lead. Mac Jones and Devontae Smith say, or Mac Jones says, screw it, Devontae Smith out there somewhere a few times to close the gap a little bit. But Trevor Lawrence holds him off late. Similar to how you have Clemson beating Ohio State. I'll say they take out Alabama. And Trevor Lawrence puts a big old giant Titan-sized stamp on his going number one overall to the Jaguars. Or Jets. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's still plenty of time for anything goofy to happen. Good old Duval trying not to try not to mess up the number one pick like the like the Jets just did. You know um, what? There's a strong chance the Jaguars will get number one and still not take Trevor Lawrence. They'll be like, we believe in Gardner Minshew and draft a receiver. If they draft, if they draft another receiver to go with in the their first two rounds to go with all of the other ones they have, oh, that's that'd be embarrassing. No, so, the Jaguars they'll take a running back. Like James Robinson was undrafted. We don't trust him, even though he's fourth in scrimmage yards. Let's take not even Najee Harris either. Let's take a random running back. No one's even knows right now. And that man just got shafted, by the way. Deserved an All Pro, but again, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. All well, he deserved All Pro nom too, but yeah, also a Pro Bowl. Eh, all Pro is uh, a bit of a steep one, but Pro Bowl for sure. I mean, they yeah. they did a really terrible job at the Pro Bowl this year. There's probably like nine snubs, and then like ten people on the list. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, and that's and that's a conversation for a different moment. I we know, don't have enough time for that yeah. one. Let's just keep moving along. And go all right, Clem. <laughs> you you and I, you and I can go off on that one because the, the Pro Bowl is, is something else. All right, so the New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, this is the Cotton Peach Fiesta Orange Bowls. In case anybody did not already know that, you've been educated. So Cotton Bowl DJ, Oklahoma versus Florida. What you got? Your team versus Florida. 
It's an interesting one because Florida is also facing some sanctions from last off season too. They just got, they'll be on a year of probation. They were fined. Oklahoma's they've reeled off. I think was it eight or nine wins in a row after a terrible start and Spencer Rattler having to get benched. They've shown weirdly enough. It's so weird. A defense this year because they have not blown. They haven't really scored 50 a game. They've been scoring 25 and their defense has showed up and held people relatively within ease to not, dropping 150 yards per play on them. Can't even think of a nice way to say it, honestly, but they're not getting absolutely ramrodded like they have the last half a decade. They're, they're not a big 12 defense this year. They're a little better. They're a, Yeah, they're basically like a medium 12 <laughs> defense at this point. But still give me Florida. Too much speed. Kyle Trask, I think, is going to bounce back. I think he's playing for the NFL draft this year, too. I'm still not sure about Spencer Rattler right now. He's very erratic, and I think he need he definitely is truly a freshman. Still, you could tell he's he's got some work to do. Oklahoma's got some weapons, not quite the same weapons they've had with CD, Marquise Brown, and squad the last handful of years. Their running back, I mean, I bet they kind of wish they had Trey Sermon after seeing what he did for Ohio State. So, I mean, that would help them out a lot too. Give me Florida, kind of close. A little bit more high scoring, 28, 20, 21. We'll take Florida, but I think it's an interesting game. I just think this is Oklahoma's down year before they kind of spike and go back to being Oklahoma the next couple of years. Definitely. Um, I actually agree with you, really, uh, on everything you said, and I hate to admit that because Oklahoma actually doesn't look terrible except for offensively this year, and which is shocking to me considering the last two Heisman have come from – or, well, sorry, two of the last three Heisman have come from this from Oklahoma. And three um, straight Heisman finalists, too. I mean, shoot. Yeah, and you look at it, and they've gotten into playoff game, playoff – or New York Six playoff – or New York Six playoff game, playoff game in those last three years – and they've lost every single one, and they continue the trend um, is, is the way I look at it. Kyle Pitts, the, the way he's playing right now, him and Trask are on another level. Um, you add in their slot back, receiver, halfback combination guys they have there. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. They run running backs to receiver and receiver to running backs more than I've ever seen any other team do it. Um, just run people it, around and give them the ball somehow. Yeah, it, it creates mismatch. And, and just nightmares for the other defense. And as good as Oklahoma's defense has been, they have not seen this level of good. Uh, Kyle Trask is going to play himself into being a guy that people pick in the first round. I don't agree with being him going to the first, but I think he's going to show a performance here that's going to put him on that level. Um, and somebody's going to be disappointed they took him with the first round pick, but somebody after that team cuts him is going to be super happy they just picked up Kyle Trask, if that makes sense. Uh, saying the Cowboys are going to take him in the first round. You're going to be pissed about it. It's honestly probably 100% what's going to happen. And I'll be super sad about it. I like Kyle Trask. I love his story. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's ready yet. Um, he, he talking about a guy who never started a game and then gets thrust into the scene after replacing Felipe Franks last to that horrific injury, by the way. And, uh, you know, he ends up leading Florida to a very competitive season last year. This year, he has an even better year. So, you know, Credit to Kyle Trask, but you're just, no, you're not ready yet, my guy. Get don't be afraid to go in the second second round and 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 have some growing time. Don't try to force it. Um, but moving on, I don't know the score of that one. I'm just going to agree with you and say Florida beats Oklahoma. But I do think <laughs> it's going to be close. I just don't know. Honestly, I didn't come up with a score for the for the New York Six. So or New Year's Six. I don't know why I keep calling them New York Six, but the New Year's Six. Um, Peach Bowl, Cincinnati versus Georgia. What do you got? Give me Cincinnati. I think they still got the chip on their shoulder. And Georgia, honestly, I don't even know how they're in a bowl game. I don't think Georgia's done really anything to deserve it. I mean, I didn't even know they were relevant this year. I mean, am I missing something like that? Like three losses? Is that what it yeah, is? Still two loss. Two loss. Just two? Georgia. Okay. I mean, I don't know. They just haven't – they've been seemed irrelevant to me, I guess. Maybe it's because losing the games they have. But in Cincinnati, chip on their shoulder. They think they should be in the playoff. It worked for UCF a little bit. I think it works for Cincinnati too. We're like, we should have been there. And then they prove it a couple of times and then eventually it comes back to bite them. But it is not this day. Give me Cincinnati and I'm going to not say a blow up, but they went comfortably like maybe a 17 point score. All right. Fair enough. Um, I actually disagree with you this, on this one. I don't think the Bearcats have it. This is going to remind me a lot of the last time Cincinnati met Georgia in a playoff or in a bowl game. It was not very pretty then. And it's not going to be pretty again. Georgia's going to, in my opinion, wipe the floor with them. Uh, by the way, there's a guy named Zeus uh, running the ball for, for Georgia. He just happens to be Dalvin Cook's little brother. Um, he's going to continue his domination of the league that he's been, you know, when they actually handed the ball, he's been doing really well. 
Um, I think he's going to show out in this game, show exactly why he's a top tier guy. And, you know, as long as Georgia has a, has a quarterback back there, that's not going to throw the, throw the ball away. But as long as they have a quarterback back there, that can know how to hand the ball off. They'll be fine. Bring you know, Jacob Fromm back. Let him hand the ball off to Zeus and then that stallion of those the, the stallion core of running backs they have. You'll be fine, Georgia. Um, I just think there's there's a lot to say about Georgia that yeah they haven't looked pretty all season, but Kirby Smart just like Nick Saban straight down the tree. You know he he galvanizes teams, man. It's 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 fascinating what he's able to do with his teams. As long as he's not playing Alabama, he can galvanize his team okay, against anybody. There he goes. I was waiting yeah. for you to throw the asterisk in there. I thought I was going to yeah. have to do it. Uh, no, no. As long as he's not playing Alabama, he can he can he can beat anybody else. Um, but that the moment he comes up against Nick Saban, it is not going to be a pretty sight. What you I really mean, mean is he always finds a way to galvanize and to beat Auburn, and you hate it. But yeah, we're not going to talk about that. All right, Let's leave moving that one. forward. That one hurt, man. That one hurt me. Hurt, hurt my heart. But you so, were yeah, trying I've, so hard. Not you were trying to say it without actually saying it. I just ripped the bandaid off for you. <sighs> Fair enough. All right. So uh, yeah. So I have Georgia beating Cincinnati. Now we move to the Fiesta Bowl. Oregon versus Iowa State. The surprise, surprise Iowa State, and you some might say surprise Oregon if, as well, especially after that Civil War loss to Oregon State. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so TJ, what do you what do you got in this one, Oregon or, or Iowa State? You know, it's Iowa State's first bowl game, like be, like New Year's bowl game after coming off their first Big 12 championship game. Give me Iowa State all day. Oregon really doesn't need to be here. They kind of lucked out not with beating with the USC choking, basically. Not even, just USC was a premier type team in the Pac-12, and they screwed it up at the end, and Oregon got to reap the benefits. Yeah. So Iowa State was a near playoff team. They struggled badly early against Oklahoma, but nearly rallied the comeback. Brees Hall's, he's going to be a, early draft pick when his time comes. He's one of the best running backs in the country. Charlie Kohler, the tight end for Iowa State, one of the best in the country. Brock Purdy, multiple-year starter. Matt Campbell, future big-time SEC Big 12 coach. As soon as, like, big-time Big 12 coach, like, someone will someone will <laughs> offer him a really premier job to get him out of Iowa State because he took them from the seller to Big 12 finalist, as terrible as that sounds. But he's oh. – I feel you. It, does, it sounds weird when you say Big 12 finalist because it means first loser, but you know what I mean. Like he took them from the cellar to somewhere they'd never been before, and now a New Year's six bowl. I, I just I hear Ricky Bobby in the background here. If you ain't first, you're last. And you that's, sound that's, just like him too. Then, that's man. that's thanks, my guy. But uh, no, that's what I hear when I, when I hear of the Big 12 runner up. If you, if you ain't first, you're last. I just think of the Colts giant banner that says 2014 ASC finalists. Like, way to go, guys. You really showed them. <laughs> but give me Iowa State comfortably. I don't think Oregon's really that good. That If it was USC, I think it's a much closer game. I think USC's still better. I don't care what anyone says. All of all of Oregon can riot. It's fine. But you yeah, lost yeah. to Oregon State. Yeah, give, yeah, give me Iowa State. Yeah, no, I, I, I like everything you said. I, I love Matt Campbell. He's a fantastic coach, by the way. And I do think you're probably right. He will be a big-time coach, whether it's in the Big Ten, Big Big 12, or SEC. Um, he's definitely going to take a step up here probably soon. Uh, unless he's, you know, maybe he's loyal to a fault. Who knows? Maybe he turns Iowa State into the next big thing. Um, but you mentioned all the weapons. And uh, the one thing I want to add, Brock Purdy, he might turn himself into a, a draft pick here soon, an actual quarterback prospect. It This might be the time to shine against Oregon, who is a perennial – Pac-12 finalist or whatever you want to call them. Um, the only not play the, powerhouse. The only team in the Pac-12 to not bitch out and and you know take their ball and run home. Maybe, maybe that that might be the thing. But yeah, no, Oregon doesn't stand a chance. Iowa State all day for me as well. Um, I, it's it's going to be comfortable. It's it's not going to be pretty for Oregon. That's for sure. Haha, uh, don't sh- not going to be pretty. <laughs> I didn't even mean that one. That one was actually pretty pretty well. So the Orange Bowl, DJ, the last one of the New York Six Bowl, or New Year's Six Bowls. I'm gonna have a whole highlight reel of me just saying New Year, New York Six Bowls. You got the Jets on your mind, I guess today. Gee whiz. Yeah, it must be. Um, so the Orange Bowl, Texas A&M versus uh, versus UNC, Kellen Mond versus I can't even remember the name of the quarterback. I was gonna make a comparison of quarterback that could possibly possibly end up on the Jets soon enough. Um, but Kellen Mond, some people think he's a, he's a quarterback prospect for the future for the NFL. Some don't. The UNC quarterback um, people, well, let's just say he Howell. deserves to, he deserves to be yeah Sam Howell. Thank you. Um, he deserves to be a quarterback prospect to look at in the future. And a lot of people are sleeping on him. 
Uh, Mac Brown's UNC team versus Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M team. So, DJ? I love Mac Brown. He's awesome. I, what he did at Texas actually made Texas kind of fun to watch, and they have not been the same since. But Texas A&M's the, they're the fifth best team in the country. They're pissed they're not in the playoffs. Kellamond, some people think he's an NFL quarterback, and he probably thinks so too. So he's going to go out there and make a statement. Give me A&M. I'm not going to say by a lot, but I think they're going to have a 24 to three type lead at one point. The final score might end up being close-ish, maybe 38 to 28 something. It might be the final score, but A&M is going to roll this one pretty comfortably. I believe Powell's really good. Mac Brown's out outstanding. I think they're building. I just don't think they're quite there yet. They might've overachieved just a little bit this year, especially some of the scares they put into people as well. The last couple of years, they've had some, some teams have had some scary moments dealing with UNC, especially because their basketball team sucks. So they need it right now. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, give me give me Texas A&M trying to make a point and set themselves up for next year when somehow Calamond will be back again for his 15th year starting quarterback at A&M. Yeah, no, there's no chance in hell. There's no <laughs> chance in hell he comes back for another year. I would literally lose my mind if I have to see Calamond in a Texas A&M uniform any longer. Um, he does feel like he's been there for forever. Uh, mind you, he's the he's the reason that a little 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 known guy by the name of Kyler Murray just happened to transfer out of Texas A&M. Um, yeah, they goofed on that one. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, joined Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, or not Cliff Kingsbury, but uh, head coach over at... Uh, Lincoln Riley. Thank you, Lincoln Riley over at uh, Oklahoma. So, yeah, you, you look at Texas A&M, they could have been in a much different position right now if they had a different quarterback, but they have Kellen Mond. And you know what I've learned from watching SEC football for many, many years now? That Kellen Mond will find a way to let you down at some point. Don't trust Kellen Mond to throw you into a game. God, you hate that guy. Don't trust him to throw you into a game. The guy is fantastic when he's able to move his feet and get out of the pocket. When Jimbo Fisher came in, he's the quarterback whisperer. No, he is not. Have you seen the quarterbacks Jimbo Fisher has put into the league? They're not good. I mean, Jameis Winston had a pretty high grade coming out. It has not translated into the NFL, but prospect-wise, he got him to that point where he was considered a top-tier prospect. Hey, there might be considered a top-tier prospect. I'm just saying like, they're not that's the, that good. EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston's only known for eating W's on the sideline. Christian Ponder's only known for having a hotter wife than he is good. That's not like, true. Jameis Winston also is known for crab legs. Like get show okay, some respect. Okay, well, fair enough. Crab legs, you know, sexual misconduct. Okay, wasn't Jesus, apples okay. and oranges. No, Anyways. This, is, this is like pears and guacamole. Like you took this. Else, oh, it was okay. the orange bowl. So I was making an orange bowl joke. But anyway, now, OK, like continue, <laughs> sir. Jimbo, Jimbo, you know, I look, I have this problem with Jimbo. He's this quarterback whisperer and he's not good. He's not good at it. Um, it's like Adam Gase. Now, on the flip side, Mac Brown, the reason why I mentioned Mac Brown in this, his record versus Texas A&M is fantastic, by the way, from those old Big 12 battles uh, when he was at Texas and the Texas A&M team, you know, yeah, maybe. Right. Hello, straws. Meet Kelsey's hands. Look, and hey, it's uh, all I'm saying is Sam Howell is a sophomore and he's playing out of fantastic and he gives teams lots of scares. This is going to be one where he doesn't just give them a scare. He gives them a big fat L to hold. Uh, I got you. Is he an L to hold or he gives the other team an L to hold? Texas a and Okay, I say, who's he giving the L to? I figured you would keep up with me on this whole thing. You started reaching back. I'm still trying to figure out how you got Mac Brown's 2006, 2007 stuff into 2021. Because it's Mac Brown, my man. Legends never die. That's Legends an never die. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. So I'm literally you're right. I was reaching for straws for the Texas A&M comparison. But you know what? I did it, and it happened. We're moving on. So UNC what you're saying is game. you think UNC pulls it off, and Texas A&M's like, oh well, we'll be quiet and not beg to be the four seed anymore. I mean, honestly, at this point in time, if Bama loses the national championship, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas A&M's like, we're national champions, guys. <sighs> Anyways. Sorry. Look at you, UCF. Look what the presidents you started, you goddamn assholes. I love Texas A&M's you know, history and tradition, don't get me wrong, but this is not the time and place for Texas A&M's history and tradition. This is the time and place for you to actually have a real quarterback, and you can't do it. So, Sam Howell, real quarterback, he wins the game. That's my New, new Year's Six predictions. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is why people hate my picks, I guess. That's so, not why. They just hate you in general. But Fair enough. But before we get to the main slate of games, let's go ahead and take a moment. And let's go hear from our partner, Fanatics. 
What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Unhinged Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to UnhingedSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. So let's run through these real quick. These the the, the main the main gate or um, list of bowls. We're just gonna go real quick. Don't need to break it down or anything. Just who's your winner, and we'll move on to the next one. So the the New Mexico Bowl, Houston versus Hawaii. Who do you have? Houston. We will not have a problem. They'll they'll take care of Hawaii pretty comfortably. Agreed. I definitely go Houston on that one as well. The Camellia Bowl, Buffalo versus Marshall. Buffalo Mac twelve or Mac Championship runner up. Unless Randy Moss is walking through those doors for Marshall or Chad Pennington, I got Buffalo relatively easily. Agreed. Yeah, Buffalo as well for me. Uh, their run game is outstanding right now. The Cure Bowl, which has undefeated Coastal Carolina versus was a top 25 Liberty team. What do you think? I love my country, but I'm still going with Coastal Carolina over Liberty because Coastal Carolina is an undefeated team that's playing for something. Where yeah. Liberty is just kind of Liberty. It, you're right. Uh, you know, I hate it because we're right now we're running the same list right now. Uh, you stole my list, sir. So yeah, let's not miss me with that ish. This is going to be another situation where another team claims they needed they had a they had an unbeaten record, so they won a national championship. And Coastal Carolina is going to continue their unbeaten record um, against Liberty. The Flames are going to flame out, if you will. Uh, the, the first responder bowl: Louisiana Lafayette versus UTSA, Texas Texas San Antonio. One does not simply pick against the raging Cajun, especially when they're ranked. So give me Louisiana. All right, we're shutting the show down, guys. DJ stole my list. Trust me with that. (laughs) Mine is clearly the superior list. And if you don't believe me, check out our YouTube page where there's several, there's two different lists that we have made, and both of mine are the superior ones. All right, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Anyways, Louisiana Lafayette for me as well. Um, Yeah, raging Cajun, such a great name versus the Roadrunners of UTSA. So, Lending Tree Bowl, Western Kentucky versus Georgia State. I think we might have differing picks on this. So, at one point, both of these teams were plus 2,000 underdogs on the on a sports betting app, and I bet money on both of them, hoping they could make me a lot richer. Once they were in the same weekend, and if they had both pulled it off, I would have made a lot of money for outs, without having to bet much at all. And they both let me down, so I hate them both. But <laughs> give me Western Kentucky because – they let me down a little less hard. They closed they close the score gap a little bit less. They didn't get beat as badly that day. Fair enough. So you're going Hilltoppers. Thank God. We have a differing opinion. I think Georgia State – honestly, I picked Georgia State here just to be different. I just wanted something different, and I knew you were going to pick West Western Kentucky. You said thank God for being wrong. That's a first. Okay. Hey, when I pick this right, Kelsey's Island is going up on one of these two shoulders right here. Kelsey's Island doesn't apply when there's two of us you know what? I'm going to make it a damn thing. And it's going to be one person or five people. I don't care. Hopefully We're it's like lost it. and you don't come back. Damn. All right. We might actually have to shut down the show guys. Put so, him in a body bag. <laughs> All right. The cheese it bull. Are you cheesy enough? Miami, Miami of Florida, the U versus Oklahoma state. Once undefeated Oklahoma state, mind you. In the beat, Iowa state too. Chubba hubba. Chubba Hubbard. Yeah, give me give me Miami. I think they're just a little bit better of a team. I think Oklahoma State's they started off really good, like you said, but they've kind of they've started reeling. I'm gonna take I'll take Miami. They're a more well oiled machine. And Derek King. Yeah, Derek King. I love I I love me some Derek King. Uh, but you know what? Give me Chubba and give me a head coach who says, You're making fun of children. I'm a man. I'm a grown man. While he has a mullet, a fake spray tan, and pit vipers on. Fantastic coach. I love him to death. Give me Oklahoma State, Chubba Hubbard. Two, yeah, I literally Oklahoma State just for the memes at this point in time. He's a man. He's forty. Exactly. So the Alamo Bowl. Remember the Alamo, Texas, ironically, versus Colorado. One does not simply pick against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. I mean, that summarizes that enough. I mean, next. Actually, you're exactly right. That's my <laughs> thought process as well. You know, remember the Alamo, Davy Crockett. I feel like Texas can no longer be Texas if they lose the Alamo. They might have to relocate to Oklahoma and be like Oklahoma South Central or something like that, or the yeah. SCLSU Mud Dogs or some, something. They're going to have to change. Exactly. Um, now the uh, the probably the most interesting name on the list so far: the Duke's Mayo Bowl. 
featuring Iowa versus Missouri, an old used to be Big Ten matchup. With a name match. like this, there better be some real physical plays with Dukes in it. Like they're throwing up their Dukes. So I'm expecting a lot, but Missouri's kind of mediocre. And Iowa's actually been kind of rolling a little bit towards the back end of the schedule. They figured it out. They've got a pretty solid squad. I'll take Iowa comfortably. Sorry, Missouri, but yeah. Look, Missouri might be an SEC team, but they are the worst <laughs> of the worst. Um, uh, yeah, I can't even, even my SEC homerism can't get me to pick Missouri on this one. Uh, give me Iowa. Yeah, they might be me- more of an. SEC minus team. Yeah, send them back to the Big 12. Um, give me Iowa on this one. Give me the Hawkeyes winning the Dukes Bayo Bowl. Armed Forces, Mississippi State versus Tulsa. Don't Tulsa's sleep on those. really, yeah. really good. I think they're underrated, but I'm still going to take Mississippi State. I think defensively they'll get after them and keep it close, keep it kind of ugly, and hold on to the game. Yeah, you know, I, I like this matchup. Uh, but honestly, I'm only picking this because of the head coach. Give me Mike Leach. Give me the Pirate. Give me Mississippi State. I love it. He's fantastic. Mike Leach is probably the best coach as far as an interview of a coach could go. And if we can get him on this podcast one day, that would make my life. I could shut the podcast down the next day and be super happy. I would love – I love Mike Leach. He's a fantastic guy. I don't even live in the area anymore, but I know the Pacific Northwest miss you, Mike Leach. Just saying. Yeah. Mike Leach, we all all love you, and I wish you were on TV more. Um. Arizona Bowl, Ball State, the winner of the MAC championship versus San Jose State. One of the few West Coast teams still playing football despite COVID. That's all fine and dandy. Congratulations. But uh, give me Ball So Hard State University winning pretty comfortably on this one. I think it's not a route, but I think it's a comfortable win. And we continue the trend of picking the same picks. Ball State, MAC championship. Um, look, yeah, they, they literally did ball out this year. I give them credit. Where credit is due, Ball State walks away with this one over San Jose State. Um, the Liberty Bowl, ironically, not featuring Liberty. However, featuring the one that I tweeted the other day, give Army a bowl game. And they did. The Liberty Bowl reached out after West Virginia's opponent backed out. So West Virginia Virginia versus Army in the Liberty Bowl. Have, can you have a better bowl game for Army to be in, really? But not even a little bit, which is why I have them winning. I mean, they probably shouldn't win over a team like West Virginia, but Army, Liberty Bowl, nobody really wants to play besides the college football playoff teams. Give me Army. They're ready for this. Absolutely. Yeah, give me 10 wins on the season for this Army team. That is well-deserved. Plays out of the mind. And by the way, that triple option. Fuck, trying to guard that triple option. I don't want to be West Virginia's defensive coordinator because, honestly, I'll be out of a job next week. It's going to be miserable. So Army walks away with a win. Your defense is going to look like a fool. I'm sorry, West Virginia, but congratulations to you nonetheless for stepping up and taking on Army as an opponent when a lot of teams said they'd walk away from a bowl game if they faced Army. So good on you, West Virginia. Fantastic story with Army. Now we move to the Texas Bowl. TCU Horn Frogs versus, I mentioned him earlier, Felipe Franks and this Arkansas team. Felipe Franks will probably be the best player on both teams, but Texas Bowl, give me TCU. I think there's a more well-oiled machine too. I love me some Felipe Franks, but I hate some Arkansas. That's, so that's really good reasoning. This is uh this is um just like Missouri. I like literally no amount of homerism, no amount of loving Felipe Franks will change my mind. I can't go over the line and pick them. Uh, it's TCU for me as well in the Texas Bowl. Uh, again, I kind of think this is the same as the Alamo. If you lose this and you're a Texas team, you can no longer be a Texas team. It's mandatory. Um, now the Citrus Bowl, the game I'm least looking forward to. Hmm. Auburn versus Northwestern. Northwestern's head coach is currently being talked about moving to the pros. Think he'll go. Also, DJ, do you think he'll go? And who do you have winning the game? I don't think he'll go. I think it's just like preliminary talks, more or less, just to gauge. Because I think they're start. I think there's some teams will start plucking. Probably some of the calls. Maybe Lincoln Riley will start guessing. Lock looks like he always does that sort of thing. I think this is just preliminary backup, more or less. And the N for Northwestern does not stand for knowledge, but it's going to stand for it's going to stand for a W. It's going to be changed to a W. So give me Northwestern. Sorry, guy, but you fired Gus. You, Auburn's been kind of in disarray. They're almost in here based on being an SEC team that has a winning record. So Northwestern, they they nearly took out Ohio State as it was. So give me Northwestern. Yeah, this Northwestern team is nothing to joke about. Um, Auburn's never had good luck against Northwestern when they play in bowl games. Or against Big Ten, Big Ten teams in general. Uh, they got, they lost against Minnesota last year, and Gus ran the offense then. This year, Gus is in the hair, but they're still going to lose to a Big Ten team. 
Northwestern looks fantastic. Northwestern continues. All they're missing is the W on their their helmet, and they're going to get a W on the on the score sheet to make up for it. Um, so Gator Bowl, Kentucky versus NC State. I literally have no smart ass comment about this one. This is just Kentucky versus NC State. Yeah, I got nothing either. Just give me NC State, honestly. Like it's that's all I got. I can't even think of anything clever. Like no fried chicken for Kentucky this time. I can't even think of anything smart assy to say. So I'll take NC State. Oh wait, no, I came up with something. Do it for the fat man. Do it for Jared Lorenzen. Kentucky wins. I liked it better when you didn't have something, but okay. I know I did too. Um, anyways, yeah, I got I have Kentucky winning the Gator Bowl over NC State just because somebody has to win, and I don't know who's going to be. Uh, the Outback Bowl, Ole Miss versus Indiana. That's a pretty, pretty interesting one. I'm going to take Indiana because I don't really trust Ole Miss. I mean, when you have AJ Brown and DK Metcalf on your team and you struggle offensively a couple years ago, I'm still going to hold that against them. And Indiana has been pretty good this year, so I'll take Indiana. You know, I I I hate to to agree with you again, but you're finally. I, I don't I don't trust Lane Kiffin at all, at at all. Don't I wasn't going to go play. that far, but yeah. Don't call my play calls. You don't have Harrison Bryant to bail you out anymore as a tight end. Um, but you know what? They're skilled in Ole Miss, but they're not skilled enough. Indiana, the surprise, continues to kind of surprise some people. Win the Outback Bowl. Get a free Bloomin' Onion for all their fans, by the way. So okay. that's that's what actually, that's their, their team Bloomin' Onion. The other team is the team Aussie Cheese Fries. So the SEC always gets the cheese fries somehow, which is awful because the SEC team never wins. I, I literally just gained like 4,500 calories from hearing you say that. But You're welcome. Anyways, it's bulking season, my guy. Bulking season. Yeah, I just <laughs> threw a couple of chins. Now I'm having a hard time holding my head up. Fair enough. Well, that does it for us today, guys. Uh, that's our bowl wrap-up. You know, last things. DJ, you have anything to add on to it? Not a whole lot. I'm looking forward to the back end of the bowling season with the bit with the New Year's Six as well as the playoff a lot of these other bowl games, I'm just happy we're seeing some. I know a lot of teams backed out, so it's not going to be quite the same as it has been in previous years, but looking forward to it still. It's nice to see college football season round itself out that we had a, as close to a full season as we could. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. I'm, I'm glad we're actually getting into the postseason. I'm glad we're, we made it here. Um, Auburn, you hired a new head coach. Congratulations. They, they sold the head coach away from Boise State. Uh, I almost, almost beat ESPN to the call on that one. I found it on Auburn's Instagram about 20 minutes after ESPN tweeted it out. So ESPN, you got to get better. If I'm almost beating you to calling out a report, we have a problem. Or you can just hire us. That's fine, too. But that does it for us today, guys. Um, probably reaching for straws even more, trying to get ESPN to hire us. Yeah, you're probably going to pull a muscle to keep reaching on that one, sir. Uh, I'm trying to bring back Stump the Schwab at this point in time. Maybe we'll just start with that and then work our way forward. Um, but that does it for us today, guys. As always, check out our brand new episodes Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time on the Unhidden Sports Network. Replays all throughout the week. And then Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time on Anchor and all of our platforms like Apple, uh, Apple's Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're there. I'm, I can almost guarantee we're there. Um, and then also check out our YouTube page. We've got fantastic stuff coming to our YouTube pages. And, you know, other than that, I really can't think of anything else. So, until next time, guys, see ya.